Hello, and welcome to Best Comics Ever, presented by Comic Book Herald. I'm your host, Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, and today we'll be doing Season 1, Episode 15 of Best Comics Ever here in our inaugural year. This will be a Best Comics Ever special, in which we look at adding approximately 15 new comics to the Best Comics of All Time list. The list is now running upwards of 415 comic book stories. I will be adding another 15 to the list and ranking them live on the pod today. You can find the list at comicbookherald.com slash thebestcomicsofalltime with a hyphen between the words in the best comics of all time. I'd note here that as we approach 500 stories on the list or 500 comic book runs or graphic novels, however you want to categorize them, Uh, I will be starting to make a cutoff. So once we hit 500, I am going to say that anything that does not fit within the top 500 is officially not best comics ever material. And that's been pretty clear as I've begun getting deeper and deeper into these lists. You know, I've, I've maintained throughout that wanted my last ranked story on the list, number 414 currently, the Mark Millar and J.G. Jones joint is my least favorite comic I've ever read. That's why it ranks last. And that, of course, you know, putting on a best comics of all time list is a bit odd. Uh, Again, the list itself is, you know, basically it's stuff I mostly have enjoyed or loved. uh, But then also at some point, I'm just including everything that I am reading. So rather than make a distinction of, you know, what truly belongs, once we hit 500, which will not happen here today, but probably will happen by the end of the year, assuming I can read 75 comics, um, full stories by the end of the year, which seems plausible, actually. Uh, we'll, we'll be making some cutoffs, and I'll probably move those. I don't know if it'll be a worst comics ever list or just those that didn't make the cut, but I'll move them somewhere else. Before I go any further into the recommended reads for this week and, and where they rank on the list, we have some mysterious benefactors to thank. These are the individuals on patreon.com slash comicbookherald who are donating in the mysterious benefactor tier and supporting all Comic Book Herald-related initiatives and my work um, through through financial means. So thank you very much for your support. I, in particular this month, would like to thank James Schofield. Thank you, James, for being a mysterious benefactor of Comic Book Herald. And I'd also like to thank Robert Mickelson. So thank you, James and Robert. Your support is very much appreciated. And if you'd like to find out more about how you can support Comic Book Herald, um, some of the bonus tiers and and things that you'll get as being a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash comicbookherald. So with that out of the way, let's get into it. A quick warning about spoilers. I will be talking about my favorite stories in a relatively spoiler-free way, but I will also be describing some plot details as I go. Um, Again, my intent is here not to reveal any major twists or turns in the story, so much as to give you a sense of what the comic is about. So starting from the top of my list here, I actually had a Marvel book that I read within the last month atop my list. It was kind of hard to decide how to rank it just among what I had read. So at the very top of my list, I have five comics here. I've got Generation X, the recently concluded run written by Christina Strain at Marvel. This is a teenage X-Men drama. 
It is all about uh, new or newer students in the X Mansion. They are kind of the uh, B Squad, honestly, even less than the B Squad of the X Men, in that they're not even really tra in training to be sort of the fighting X Men group. They're mutant liaisons, and they're kind of just figuring out how to be mutants in the world. Um, they've got funky power sets, and they don't totally know what to do with them. So it's that sort of thing. It's the team led by Jubilee. And truly, it's been one of the most enjoyable X-Men series I have read this year. Uh, probably only behind X-Men Red, written by Tom Taylor, which is um, a bit shorter at this stage, but I did enjoy that a bit more. It's more of a classic X-Men team. Nonetheless, this is, this is really good stuff if you're an X-Men fan. Uh, below that, I've got BPRD Plague of Frogs. This was really hard um, to put below Gen X. I mean, it doesn't... If you told me that was something that I might consider doing... After reading BPRD, I would have said you're you're out of your mind. Um, this BPRD is the Hellboy spinoff. It's the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Plague of Frogs is probably the most noteworthy or or well known story, I should say, um, or collection of story arcs. This is published by Dark Horse with uh, writing and art by Mike Mignola. Uh, as well as writing assistance from John Arcudi throughout. And it's if you've read any Hellboy, if you've read any BPRD, you know what the style is here. But Mignola's art is this sort of, it's a sort of horror, gothic, um, definitely influenced by H.P. Lovecraft realm of the supernatural. And it's, it's excellent. Every piece of it is just so well crafted. Uh, I got really into Hellboy a couple months back, finally diving in deep on the stories, and they are excellent as you would expect. BPRD is uh, not quite up to the standards of of Hellboy, only in that Hellboy is so good. Um, and BPRD is, of course, the spinoff. So it's it's still excellent, excellent comics. I love characters like Abe Sapien. Uh, he's a great leader throughout this. But honestly, I had more fun reading Generation X. I mean, I think from a craft standpoint, BPRD is more important. It's more influential. And it's probably a little better looking but generation x uh i did actually put above it and i don't know that's a weird one i may look back on that in in a few weeks time and think that was a strange decision but uh the recency bias is kicking in and i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with it for now so that leads us to our third fourth and fifth comics that i'll be ranking on the major list today and those are snagglepuss chronicles exit stage left this is the mark russell written six-issue miniseries that he did about uh, Snagglepuss, the Hanna-Barbera, um, what is he, a dog, a cat? Uh, I think he's a dog, and uh, it, that could be, the fact that I don't know that after reading it is kind of kind of ancillary to the main point. Uh, Mark Russell did the Flintstones series for a DC Hanna-Barbera crossover, essentially, and it's 12 issues of the Flintstones, and it is a lot of people's um, one of their favorite comics of 2017. It really transcended what you would expect from a Flintstones comic, which again is something that I would look at on the shelf and think, that's not for me. I don't, honestly, I don't really know who that's for, uh, but turns out it was. And it's it's excellent. I have, have ranked very high on this list. I'm not sure where exactly. Um, let's take a look. I have it ranked 124th all time on my list. I've had of Injustice and Lazarus written by Greg Rucka, which is fantastic. So I've got the Flintstones extremely high. Snagglepuss isn't going to go quite that high, but it's very good. And, okay, so the, the story here is Russell took the approach of Snagglepuss as a 
homosexual playwright in the 1950s. And he's sort of a Tennessee Williams, um, Oscar Wilde mashup. You know, he's got all these brilliant witticisms, which I don't know if they're all coming from the pen of Mark Russell or if some of these are actual, like, established witticisms, but they're fantastic throughout. He's got Huckleberry Hound as this sort of um, also gay, depressed author who's a friend, a, a longtime friend of Snagglepuss. And if you've got really set expectations for what Snagglepuss and, and Huckleberry Hound and um, oh, who's the horror, Quick Draw McGraw, what they look like in cartoons and act like, that throw them out the window. This is totally different and it's really good. Uh, 50s era McCarthyism is often, I think, kind of painful um, to look back on as a piece of American history, but it's also really prescient for for where we are now um you know it's a piece of american history that is is very real and and plays on fears that are extremely relevant today so that's recommended reading my my next book on the list is baby teeth volume one this is an aftershock book written by donny cates with art by gary brown and uh i just read the first volume and that one's pretty good um, you've heard me talk about Kate's a bunch on this pod already. I've been looking at a lot of his stuff. Uh, I've read two Aftershock books now. Well, two full volumes. Fujitsu, which I loved and have ranked, I think, within my top 100. So check out Fujitsu if you get the chance. Uh, Baby Teeth, I wasn't that, you know, that high on, but it's a good book. And basically it's about a young teenager giving birth to the Antichrist and all of the horror and supernatural elements that go with that, as well as just... Uh, all the the craziness that goes with being a new parent and especially with being you know a new teenage parent with no no father in sight and you've got your her dad and her sister helping out and you know there's all the drama and, and difficulty that comes with that and then you throw the, the fact that he's the antichrist on top of it and of course there's going to be uh some chaos ensuing and my fifth highest rated book that I'm going to be ranking here is Ice Cream Man, Volume 1. This is an image comic series. I don't have the creator credits in front of me. I apologize for that. But it is, Ice Cream Man is one of the most exciting ongoings out there today. If it's not on your pull list and you're collecting ongoing comics, I have a feeling this is one you're going to want to add. Um, this is, I think it's going to go down as one of the more interesting and influential series. It is... Through one volume, it's sort of taking, it's a horror comic, I think, first and foremost. Um, but it's taking a sort of slice of life. It's not one story arc. You know, it's taking different pieces or, or events from a town. And, you know, the first arc is basically, well, I don't want to spoil anything. But it's it's a little Black Mirror-ish, you know, but, but with more of a supernatural horror bent. Um, it is hard to describe, I think, in a lot of ways. But one thing I can say with, with a fair amount of certainty is the writing and the art are pretty inventive. Uh, it's not what you expect from my ongoing comic, or at least what I did, and I, it was all the better for it. So, all right, those are the top five. Let's get into ranking them here, and then if there's time, I will run through the um, run through the next books on the list that will be added today. Again, we're going to get up to about 4.30 total before all said and done. So Gen X or Generation X, I should say. And I should clarify here, Generation X has been a Marvel title for some time. I believe it launched in the mid-90s out of the Phalanx Covenant arc. 
And it's not a book that I was ever particularly into, honestly, in any in any notable way. I think the, a lot of the characters that get sort of a resurgence here as the as the now you know mature adults on the scene, the likes of Jubilee, uh, Jono, aka Chamber, Husk, Page Guthrie. These aren't characters that I have major attachments to as a Marvel and X Men fan. Nonetheless, um, it's interesting to see them as the now mentors to the new students on the scene. The most notable, or the most probably. Um, familiar to people who've been X-Men fans throughout the 2000s, particularly New X-Men, where he was created, uh, written by Graham Morrison, would be Quentin Quire, the, you know, obnoxious, arrogant, punk rock, uh, super powerful, omega-level mutant, who makes any book he's in, frankly, quite a bit more interesting. He's kind of the one of the big focuses of the team is he tries to sort of integrate into the X-Men and prove that he can actually, uh, you know, take some instruction and, and live in a community with others. Uh, you've got new creations. Um, you've got all sorts of diverse relationships and, you know, the classic X-Men love stories and triangles and drama that go with that, but done in, in a really smart way. So Generation X is is excellent. It's fully available on Marvel Unlimited. I'll be talking about it a little bit as well with the the new Marvel Unlimited reads. When I cover those next week, we'll be talking about you know the two weeks worth of full arcs that have been added to MU. Generation X is going to rank high there as well. Uh, I said I don't like it quite as much as X Men Red. That I have ranked at number two twenty on the best comics ever list. I think looking below that, I've got JLA Tower of Babel. I've got Black by Black Mask. I've got Super Sons. And I've got something like Local, written by Brian Wood with art by Ryan Kelly. I do think Generation X is probably better than Local. I'm not sure I like it as much as Super Sons, but it's close. Super Sons has that Jorge Jimenez art that is really good uh, with writing by Peter Tomasi. I'm going to put it right below Super Sons at our new number 225 on the best comics ever list. So that's where Generation X is going to go, which takes us to BPRD, Plague of Frogs. And that's going to do fairly well here, too. I do think I would rather read BPRD, Plague of Frogs, than Hush, the Batman story by Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. I've got that ranked number 231 on the list. Right above that, I have Superman Birthright. I definitely like BPRD more than that. I have scalped, but only volume one. I need to do a scalp binge here for sure. That one is many people's favorite comic, um, and I am way, way behind. I'm going to put BPRD below Lost at Sea, the Brian Lee O'Malley graphic novel he did before Scott Pilgrim, and that could, could go up as I catch up on more Hellboy Universe. All right, so that goes in as our number 227 on the best comics ever list. Brings us to the Snagglepuss Chronicles, exit stage left. And that is going to go in a similar range, I believe. Let's see. I've got Thanos wins at number 235. Snagglepuss Chronicles is certainly more thoughtful. It is definitely not as fun. So let's see. Below that... We've got Batman Inc. I don't think Snagglepuss Chronicles is quite as good as Batman Inc. The Morrison and Chris Burnham era pre-New 52. 
Um, let's see if there's anything comparable. I've got Giant Days, but only Volume 1 at 245. And then I've got Batman Nightfall right above that. I've got the Bucky era of Captain America by Ed Brubaker and Butch Weiss at number 243. And then Gotham City Sirens right above that. I'm going to put Snagglepuss Chronicles above Nightfall and below the Bucky era of Captain America. And that is going to take it to our number 244 on the best comics ever list. All right. That brings us to Baby Teeth, Volume 1. And Baby Teeth, again, only one volume in. Let's see. Let's find some other Volume 1s. I've got Mother Panic, the DC Young Animal book at 265. I've got Marvel 2-in-1, Volume 1 by Zdarsky and Chung at 251. Marvel 2-in-1's a lot of fun. I don't like Baby Teeth quite that much. Um, is it better than Mother Panic? I think it is, actually. I probably enjoy it a bit more. I would put it below... I'm going to put it below Batman Under the Hood and above Archer and Armstrong by Valiant Comics. So Baby Teeth by Aftershock, written by Donny Cates with art by Gary Brown. Edited by Mike Martz is going to go in at our new number 259. Let's do one more ranking before I wrap it up here. And we will rank Ice Cream Man, Volume 1. So again, Ice Cream Man, I mean, it's another comic where I'm pretty confident it's going to go up in the rankings over time. I'm going to put Ice Cream Man, Volume 1, below New Superman, the Rebirth-era Gene Lu and Yang series, which is... Very fun. And that's going to go in at number 263 on the best comics ever list. So we've got some new additions within the top almost 250 there. We've got, I've got a few more comics that I'll throw in the rankings here off the air, including Royal City Volume 1 by Jeff Lemire. Another great work from Lemire, one of the most consistent and talented voices in comics these days. Got Runaways Volume 1 by Raul and Anka. That's recommended reading. Um, from there, it gets slightly less recommended. I've got Justice, which is a maxi series written by Jim Kruger with Alex Ross art. If you're not familiar with Ross's art, definitely check this out. Um, as well as series like Marvels, written by Kurt Busiak. Ross's painted style is iconic and some of the most interesting stuff in comics. That said, this mid 2000s Justice maxi series is not really what I want out of a Justice League story uh, these days. It's kind of all, you know, tear, tear, tear them down. How low can we take them? What would happen if the Justice League lost? And while that makes the redemption worth it, uh, it's, I don't know, it's kind of got that, you know, dark uh, mid-2000s approach to it that that didn't seem all that interesting to me as I was reading it. So, But I know a lot of people really love that series, especially because, again, it's got Ross painting over Doug Braithwaite art. So there you have it. Best comics ever added for comics I've read throughout August 2018. You've been listening to Best Comics Ever by Comic Book Herald. I'm Dave. I write, produce, and edit the podcast. You can find more of my thoughts and writing on comicbookherald.com. 
Music for Best Comics Ever is by Anthony Weiss. You can find more of his music at anthonyweiss.com. Again, thank you to our supporters on Patreon for making this podcast possible. If you are interested in finding ways to support Comic Book Herald, you can go to patreon.com slash comic book herald. Thanks for listening, and as always, enjoy the comics.